0: Thanks to Roy Smiling for uh, preaching last week in my absence, appreciate that a lot. And I do want to say something to Clayton though about those songs that predate him. There have been a couple of songs that predate me too, okay? (laughs) So I just want you to know that it's not that I'm that much older, but I'll listen to that. No, uh, some of these are a little bit old, but, but they're all powerful in different ways and that's why we've looked at some of these and we'll keep doing that. For another few weeks, because because I get a really good response from y'all about this. And tonight we're looking at Forever and Ever Amen. Some of you know that song by Randy Travis. I remember now in 1989, might have been before your time, 1989, I went to a wedding and I remember that this song was in the wedding. I'd never heard a country song in a wedding before, but I remember how beautiful it was. And some of you have seen his book, Forever and Ever Amen by Randy Travis and Ken Abraham. And Randy Travis, if you know his life, he, he lives like a lot of country singers. He's up and he's down and he's, he's on the right path and then he gets off. And, and honestly, I like to follow and read stories about people like so many country singers because their lives in some ways are kind of authentic. They live them out what we all try to hide. They have to live in front of people. And so I appreciate some of that, but there is especially an interesting couple of paragraphs for us tonight. This was back several years ago, and he was trying to get clean. He had an alcohol problem. He had a drug problem. Incidentally, right now in life, the last several years, he's been clean. He had a terrible stroke. But I want you to hear this passage when he was trying to get clean, and he's with his new wife, Lib. Despite making some progress at being a better person, I still felt that if I were to die, I would not go to heaven. More likely, I suspected I had a good chance of landing in hell. Then in 1991, while we were still living in rural Tennessee, Liv and I went to the Sunday service at the Church of Christ in Ashland City, where we had been attending, and the preacher Don Harless Jr. preached a powerful message. I don't even recall what the sermon was about. Nobody does, do they? I do not recall even what the sermon was about, but I felt strongly that God was calling me to do something. I needed to respond. I didn't quite know how to express my desire to trust in Jesus and to follow him. I didn't, I didn't quite know what to do. So after the service, I approached, approached the preacher and I asked, I'd like to get baptized. The church had a baptismal pool on site and Brother Harless wasted no time. That same evening, he baptized me and it was a special celebration of my Christian faith. For me, baptism was a powerful illustration of the statement that the old Randy was dead, buried in the water and gone, and that I was a new person. Thanks to Jesus, I had been raised to a new life here and now and eternal life in heaven to come. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? Well, you may know the song, you probably do know it, or at least you've heard it, even if you're not a country music fan. There are a lot, these words are words you can just pick up and they're good words. He says, oh baby, I'm gonna love you forever, forever and ever, amen. As long as old men sit and talk about the weather and as long as old women sit and talk about old men. If you wonder how long I'll be faithful, I'll be happy to tell you again. I'm going to love you forever and ever, forever and ever, amen. Boy, this line really caught me when I was growing up and, and, or whenever I heard this song when it talked about the old men talking about the weather, because I remember the little congregation we were in in Cheyenne, Oklahoma, a little tiny town, 900 people in the town, a town about the size of the memorial congregation. And... We would march in for worship service on Sunday night. I know we're well, not march in, that's not a good word. People would trickle in. Be twenty people there, and I remember there was a man named Jack who sat down about two rows from the front, Jack Rose and Lewis Sprouse, another man, all farmers in this church would walk in. Lewis would sit down and there was another man named Connie over here and Jack on the front row and finally Lewis would say Well Jack, how much rain did you get out at your place? Three-tenths of an inch. And Connie would say, that's pretty good. We only got 22 hundredths at our place. And nobody would say anything else. That was it until the song leader got up. As long as old men sit and talk about the weather. Keith Woods, who's a member here, and Tim Blythe and I, we have a little chat group that when it rains, we talk. we ask each other, how much did you get at your house? As long as old men sit and talk about the weather, and as long as old women sit and talk about old men, and don't tell me they don't, I'm going to love you forever. Well, those are beautiful words, and it really made sense in that wedding for for my friends to have that in their wedding. But I want you to imagine here for just a moment, not a husband saying this to a wife or a wife saying it to a husband. I want you to hear God saying it to you. Well, baby, I'm going to love you forever. Forever and ever, amen. Amen. As long as old men sit and talk about the weather, as long as old women sit and talk about old men. And God says, if you wonder how long I'll be faithful, I'll be happy to tell you again. I'm going to love you forever and ever, forever and ever. Amen. God is the only one that can do that. And that's what God says to us. That he will love us forever. Now, my guess is in any crowd, probably all of us in one way or another, but in any crowd, there are some of us that feel pretty beat up by life. That We might have had a spouse that walked out on us or left us. We might have had someone betray us. We might have had a parent that abandoned us. And it's hard for us to trust people. And sometimes because we don't trust people because of what's happened to us, we also don't trust God. Because we put all that together. Years ago, there was a woman in the office I worked in. I was, I was a whole 21 years old and she was 19. And she was, I was working at, at Oklahoma Christian University and she was a work-study. And we were having this conversation and about, about spiritual things. And I said, I just think of God as a father. He's just a loving father that wants to do good. And, and, and I had a great father and that's why I had this picture. She said, when I think of a father, it's not like that at all. I said, well, why is that? She said, well, I'm adopted. My father didn't want me. And so then i married, and then, and then I was taken to an adopted family. And that family, the parents divorced because the father was gay and left me again. And I don't like to think about fathers. Well, some of us, sometimes it's hard to trust fathers And what I want us to understand is God is the father we can depend on. God is the father that will not abandon us. Even when physical fathers or mothers may walk out, even when spouses may walk out, God is the one that never walks out. And so tonight we think about this song, not in in a way, in a romantic way, but instead of that agape love, of godly love, because that's how God loves us tonight this is what we call is what we're doing through this sub this series it's all topical looking at different passages pulling out of what god's love is like and one of those i think of is exodus fifty four ten, where it says though the mountains may be shaken and the hills be removed yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. There are so many phrases in this little verse that deserve its own sermon. Words like unfailing love, not shaken, covenant of peace, compassion. That God loves us. That's what I need. You know... We live in in a time where culture is changing so fast and all of us are trying to catch up with it. When I was in college and in graduate school in the late 80s and in the 90s, we were talking about what's called the postmodern era. And they said in post-Christian era. And I remember the books we would read said that it had already happened. And we would all look around, we were in the Bible Belt saying, well, it hadn't happened here. It's not here. I don't even know what they're talking about. Those crazy writers, they don't even know what they're talking about. We didn't realize that we were on the cusp of what's happening right now. We didn't know it. But we're in that era now. And we are in what some say is some say the greatest cultural shift in 800 years, and some say the greatest cultural shift in 1,000 years. And we happen to be living in it which I feel like I must be living in it for a purpose. I always say I wish I would have lived like in the 1950s when we knew everything, you know? But that's not whenever I was chosen to live. And so the world may flee but God will hold fast. God will not leave us. Do not put the picture of a physical father onto God, one that is full of sins and issues and problems but understand that our god our father our abba will not leave us no matter what we can walk away but he's going to be faithful i want you to think about psalm 107 verses 19 through 22 then they cried to the lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with with songs of joy. Now, that's really pretty and those are nice words and obviously it's a psalm and sounds like something you could memorize and something you would stand up in Bible class and say and you'd get the little, little... red bird sticker the card we didn't know there were cardinals we called them red birds when i was little or the blue bird which were blue jay stickers and it sounds like something like that right but i want you to realize that these words are inspired and they're real and they talk about god's love i want you to think just a minute about that word that you saw there unfailing god's love is unfailing when people walk out god will not walk out God's love is unfailing. right now, we have a disaster at our house. Two things have gone out at our house: the internet and our washing machine. Yesterday, we were talking about both these things, and Barbara's ordered a washing machine, but you know, we live in strange days, so it was going to be a few weeks before it comes in, and the internet's out and 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 we're not. They're not gonna come out until Tuesday. I don't know how they make us wait so long. You know, you know what I'm saying, I'm choking. They're both out. Well, I was changing channels on a Laurel and Hardy movie was on. And I said, and I don't know when that, when it was probably from the 30s or so, but I said, you know, if we would have said to Laurel and Hardy, boy, t- times are really rough. Our internet's out and our electric wa- washing machine won't work. They wouldn't even know what we were talking about, right? So we're looking at washing machines. Some of them have three-year warranties. Some have five-year warranties. Oh, but if you get the Speed Queen, a 25-year warranty, that's pretty good. But you know what happens in 25 years? It goes out. You think about your car, 100,000-mile warranty. But you drive your car for 150000 or 250000 No warranty. You don't have to worry about that. There are warranties. All, everybody's calling you all the time to give you a new one anyway, right? Things break, and they stop, and they fail. God's love never fails. God didn't say, I'm going to give you a 25-year warranty. He didn't say, I'm going to give you a 50-year warranty on my love, and then we're going to renegotiate. He says, this is a forever warranty sealed with, as you probably know, sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so God's love is greater than anything you can buy, anything you can wish for, anything you can dream for. It's unfailing. I love a verse in Zephaniah that I know that surely some of you liked if you've ever read it. In a time when God's people were in terrible shape and they were looking forward to a better day, This is what what God said, 317. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. But God, God will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that a powerful passage? I know Wade knows that passage for sure. He will rejoice over you with singing. You know what this makes me think about? This makes me think about when our girls were young and they were in the little baby bed. And, you know, and we had a little traditional baby bed with a little wooden, wooden uh, whatever you call those things, you know what I'm saying? And, and we'd go in and we'd look at the bed, at the baby in the bed, and then we would sing to our babies. You know what I'm saying? And you'd look down into the bed and you would sing over your child. Can you imagine God who says that we can call him Abba, which is this intimate word, which which it's deeper than father. It's deeper than papa. It's deeper than daddy. Whatever word you want to think about, it's this deep, intimate word that only a child can use for their father. And he says, you can call your father Abba. Because as we look up and we say Abba, he looks over us with singing. And he sings those cute songs whatever that is about him blessing us and helping us and wanting us and about his unfailing love that's the kind of God that I want to be with and for the life of me I can't figure out why people reject God except that they have a distorted view of who God is it's the only reason you wouldn't want to be with God surely As if your view of him is distorted. So he rejoices over us with singing. And then that great passage in Romans chapter 8, 38 and 39, that goes through lots of great stuff, but in order to to get it down for you in just a little bit tonight, the Apostle Paul writes, as he's reminding the Roman Christians of who they are, he says, For I am convinced... "...that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, not the heights, not the depths, not anything in between." Not a thing in creation can separate me from God's love. A nuclear bomb can't separate me from God's love. Another person can't separate me from God's love. If all at once I find myself living in the mountains of Afghanistan, that can't separate me from the the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Oh, there is a caveat here. I can separate myself. I can walk away from it. But God wants me that much... His love is unfailing. Why in the world would I ever give up on God? Why would I walk away from that? It doesn't even make any sense, does it? But sometimes we do it, people do it. I think about Jesus when he met the rich young ruler. And I can't tell you all of this because I'm going to talk about him next Sunday. But I want to tell you just a little bit of the rich young ruler story. You remember that this man that we traditionally call, the rich young ruler, he, he's a young man, and, and in the King James, it called him a young ruler. So he comes to Jesus and he falls down at Jesus' feet. And you remember that he wants to follow Jesus. And Jesus tells him that he needs to keep all the commandments. And this young man said, "'Yep, I've kept them all, every one of them.'" And Jesus then says, "'Oh, but you're lacking one thing.'" And in Mark ten twenty-one, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him one thing you lack go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me wow that sounds overwhelming doesn't it when you look at it just taken out of context there go sell everything you have and then you can come follow me unless you think about the unfailing love of god unless you think about the relationship with the creator of the universe and the one who sustains the universe. Unless you think about the one who thought the world into being and the one who will take out the world when he's ready for that, then all at once, things are a little bit different. And considering everything, it doesn't seem like a lot to ask, to sell everything, and to follow Jesus. What he's saying is, I want you to completely trust me. I want you to be with me completely. You know, if I were to say, if I were to, it's still very remarkable that Barbara said yes when I asked her to marry me. And if you remember the story of how I asked her, it's even more remarkable. But I didn't say, okay, you just marry me, just be married to me a few days a week and then you can do whatever you want to the other few days a week, right? That's not the way it works, right? So I tell you, I, really, what I said to you, you're going to have to be married to me on every day that ends in why, like always, right? It wasn't like just sometimes. And it was like, we're going to be completely married, not partly married. Do you know what it's like with some people when they come to Christ? It's kind of like an insurance policy. Well, I'm going to get that just in case. Or they think, you know, what I'm going to do is, 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 I want to come to Jesus and kind of be connected to him, but not completely. The Bible uses that phrase of calling the church the, the, the bride of Christ because the relationship that we have with Jesus is like a marriage. It is not to be broken. It is to be together. It's not that what we're doing is making a half, half-hearted effort in our relationship with God. It's a full thing and he says therefore i will show you unfailing love wouldn't that be a great relationship to be in and some of you are in relationships like that that you have unfailing love till death do his part and that's wonderful and if you're in something like that that can feel really good and you understand god or, or that relationship more than some do but if you have had a relationship that has been broken. Can't you appreciate God even more when he says, my love is unfailing, I will not put you through the ringer like somebody else has. I will not do that to you. My track record shows that is not who I am and I will not be that way with you. It's not a lot to ask, to give everything to the one you love who in turn gives you everything they have and says, we're in this together. So my question for us tonight is, will I love him today? What I thought about asking you was, will I love him forever and ever, amen? But we might need to work on that part, right? And so tonight, I'm just saying, will we love, Je- love Jesus, love God, today? And then tomorrow, we'll work on tomorrow. And then as we build up strength, if we're in a weak place, we build up strength, then finally we're going to be able to say, yep, forever. Forever and ever, amen. I look forward to that day that we see Jesus in the clouds and that we will be with him forever. All the things that drag us down are going to be gone. The only things that will be left are the things that are good. And helpful and healthy all those other things will be gone and that's where I want to be maybe tonight you need prayers and you can write to us at elders at mcoc.org or come forward maybe tonight to be baptized wash away your sins and in its place receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God being with you always forever come tonight as we stand and sing